2023 Baltimore Ravens training camp. It is almost here. We dive into a pre-training camp roster prediction. All that and a lot more coming up next year on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another episode of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire, here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here, making us your first listen each and every day. Free and available as always here on Locked On Ravens, all podcasts and platforms. You can catch us in audio form anywhere you get your shows, also on YouTube in video form. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by eBay Motors. The championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts to fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we are, of course, a five-day-a-week Ravens podcast. If you're an everyday or you listen every day, I appreciate you tuning in as we have made it almost the training camp, it obviously kicks off tomorrow on Wednesday. Players reporting today, though, we're going to hear from a couple of Ravens today, right around noon, 1230. Roquan Smith, Mark Andrews, uh, I think one more, I believe. And it's exciting. If this is your first time into the channel, welcome in. And if you're somewhere in the middle between every day and a first time listener, thank you for your support as well. Tell a friend, tell a family member. Word of mouth still goes a far away, but we're going to dive into pre-training camp roster predictions. Now, if you know, if you, if you are an everyday, you listen every day. You know that I do, you know, roster predictions, pre-draft, post-draft, pre-free agency, right? We, we do roster predictions because things change, and I have changed my roster predictions around a little bit ever since we last did this. So I'm excited to dive into it. Obviously, in the first part of the show, we'll do offensive players. Second part of the show, defensive players and special teams. We have some special teams news that came out that wasn't so great for the Ravens yesterday. Then we'll take a look at that situation, the long snapper situation, Talk about Marcus Peters a little bit and also Rashad Bateman, the latest on him. So let's dive into our roster predictions. Again, pre-training camp, so things can change. This is this is before the positional battles get hot. This is before we really get a glimpse of these guys on the field and what they are this training camp. So offensively, let's first go to the quarterback position. Nothing has changed here. If you listen to my last roster prediction, Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley, Anthony Brown. Now, the interesting part of this is is Tyler Huntley on the roster for the start of the season. We've talked about him potentially being traded or maybe a team will go out there and try to get him because if Anthony Brown shows a lot, maybe Baltimore says, Hey, this is a guy that we cannot cut because I I was pretty shocked. Honestly, that Anthony Brown was not claimed by a team when he was cut last year. Now I feel like if he has another great preseason, he'll be, he'll be claimed this year. So they're probably going to have to keep him on the roster one way or the other if they don't want to lose him. I'd be pretty shocked if they, would, if they were able to sneak him to the practice squad for a second year in the row. So I say Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley, Anthony Brown. Maybe the Ravens trade Tyler Huntley. I just I don't see it right now. I feel like they like having the insurance and the guy who has obviously started a lot of games, even though the ceiling of an offense with Tyler Huntley is not as high as maybe you'd like it to be. Four running backs I have, but I've changed it around. I have J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. I had Keaton Mitchell, but I'm going to do it. I put Melvin Gordon on here. <laughs> I know that might be, be to the dismay of some people, but I'll explain why. I think that the Ravens, with the deal they gave him, one year up to $3.1 million is the report. It feels like 
while I don't think it impacts J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, I do feel like just having him as a game day inactive or someone who can be a, a veteran leader in the locker room there, a break glass in case of emergency guy if Dobbins or Edwards needs to miss some time. Now, is, is he the best option? No, probably not. The Ravens probably could have gotten someone better, but they've been interested in him for a while. So, you know, the move, while it shocked me, at the same time, it kind of didn't once I thought about it. So, there's not a guarantee Gordon makes the roster. I would like to see Keaton Mitchell make it over Melvin Gordon personally, but I don't know. It's something in my gut is telling me they're going to keep him. They're not going to cut Justice Hill unless something goes crazy wrong. Obviously, Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins, in my opinion, are here to stay. But what if Dobbins has to continue the year on the PUP list, maybe start the year on the PUP list? Then I think that would you know, definitely up the chances Gordon is on the roster. But I'm operating as if people are healthy. So I'm assuming Dobbins is off the PUP list by week one. And if that's the case, I have four Dobbins, Edwards, Hill, and Melvin Gordon. I have one fullback. It's Patrick Ricard. Not necessarily a surprise to me. I know there are some people who expect him to be cut because the role is not going to be, I think, as prominent as it was in Greg Roman's offense this year and Todd Munkin's offense. But I, I still think there is a role for him, even if he's not getting as many snaps this year. I have six wide receivers. That's my sweet spot. If you've been listening to me here for a while, I think five is one too little and seven is one too many. So I think six is the wide receiver sweet spot, especially with how the Ravens are going to be throwing the football this year. They could honestly, I would not be totally, totally shocked if they kept seven. Now the the way that the three quarterbacks influences the roster is that, you know, you're taking up another roster spot on a quarterback. So that is potentially one less wide receiver, one less offensive lineman, one less defensive lineman, inside linebacker, corner. So it's interesting. My six wide receivers, though, Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham, Zay Flowers, Devin DuVernay, Nelson Aguilar, and the sixth wide receiver spot. I'm a huge Dante Demas guy. I love Dante Demas. I hope he makes the roster. I've had him on my previous roster predictions, and I didn't go that route this time. I said Tylen Wallace. I say Tylen Wallace makes it as a sixth wide receiver. Because of special teams, we, we know John Harbaugh and the Ravens value that aspect tremendously, immensely. Tylen Wallace plays gunner. He, he, he hasn't, you know, the injuries have been an issue, hasn't really gotten on the field. But I feel like with the Ravens wanting to have as many versatile pieces as they can, I think Baltimore can probably sneak Dante Dimas on the practice squad. Hopefully they can. I, I really would like him to be a part of the Ravens future, maybe even present if he, if he balls out in the preseason. But I just feel like Baltimore is going to value what Tylen Wallace brings on special teams. And much like Justice Hill for the last couple of seasons, you know, Hill was a gunner. He's a really good one. He's going to play that role. Tylen Wallace can do the same thing. So that's why I have Tylen Wallace here as the six wide receiver. While I think that, you know, a Demas or even a Laquan Treadwell even a James Prochet probably has a higher ceiling as a wide receiver. Not that Wallace doesn't have a ceiling as a wide receiver, but I just feel like that's why Baltimore's going to keep him. I have three tight ends. I haven't really changed this. Now, I will say, here's a little bold thing. I I'm interested to in see if anybody has an opinion on this. I was interested to keep four tight ends and label Ben Mason as a tight end. I was really debating it, but I decided not to and then just kind of talk about it instead. I have Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely, Charlie Kohler, but I was thinking about it because Ben Mason apparently during minicamp was really good, you know, catching the football and was making an impact. So I, I say, you know, what if they kept him as a fourth tight end and like a backup fullback on the roster and actually utilized him in their sets? Now, the reason I didn't do it, the, the reason I decided against it was because one, it took up an extra roster spot and there was really a crunch. I had to cut some guys I did not want to cut. But two, I feel like you can sneak a Ben Mason on the practice squad. Now, it didn't happen like the last time that they tried and it didn't really work, right? He went to the Patriots. 
but I, I feel like Mason is somebody who, with the way the fullback is dying out in the NFL, I, I feel like that could happen. So that's why I'm with that. And part of the hard decisions I had to make is I actually am keeping eight offensive linemen here. I've, I've had nine previously, but I did decide to keep eight this time around. Ronnie Stanley, Tyler Linderbaum, Kevin Zeitler, Morgan Moses, Pasha McCary, Daniel Falele, Sala, out of Oregon, obviously, and John Simpson. I had Sam Mustafer in my previous one. I, I ended up getting rid of him in this prediction, though. Andrew Voorhees, you know, is on the PUP list right now, or what non-football injury. He's on one of the lists. I don't think he's on PUP. I think he's on non-football injury. I expect him to either stay there or go to IR and not play this season. So he won't take up a roster spot, but he will still be with the team. And then obviously Ben Cleveland, I think is the biggest omission from here where has to have a great preseason. I was kind of in the same boat with Ben powers last year. I was like, uh, I don't know. I didn't have him. Um, I didn't have him on my roster. I was like, I don't think this guy's going to make the team, but then all of a sudden gets the left guard job balls out, gets a huge deal with Denver. So maybe Ben Cleveland shocks the world. And if that, if that is the case, I'd probably have him replacing John Simpson and that's yeah, probably John Simpson. I think Salah makes it and then no one else is really in danger. So I I would say eight offensive linemen is a little bit risky, but with with the versatility of Patrick McCary with the versatility of a guy like a Daniel Falele who can kick inside and and go outside as well. I am interested to know kind of how the Ravens view their offensive line room. If they can maybe say, Oh, we can keep an extra at a different position because there's so much versatility at the offensive line position in general. So those are my predictions for offense. Again, it's, it's pre-training camp. It's pre-positional battle. So obviously left guard is going to be a huge one. The six wide receiver spot. If the Ravens are going to keep three or four running backs, how's that going to go? So there are a lot of storylines. We'll talk about those storylines, obviously throughout the course of the rest of this episode tomorrow, obviously. And then once they obviously come throughout the course of training camp coming up in the second part of the show, we'll be diving into the defense, my defensive pre-training camp, 2023 roster predictions for the Ravens. So be sure to stay tuned. A lot to dive into on lockdown Ravens. But first this show is sponsored by better help. And there have been times in my lifetime, there are times in everybody's life where you feel uncertain about where you were going in life or what the right path was and how you got through it. Sometimes in life, we're really faced with a lot of tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. You might think your life is going in one direction and something huge happens and you have to do a complete 180. So whether you're dealing with decisions around career relationships or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life. So you can move forward with confidence and excitement and trusting yourself is huge. And obviously trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. And there are a lot of people who've benefited from therapy over the course of their lives. And many have very positive experiences. And there are so many benefits, such as it's helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, and it can empower you to become the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It is for everyone. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. We're back here, our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still here with you talking pre-training camp, 53-man roster predictions for the Ravens. It's obviously super exciting as training camp right around the corner officially starts tomorrow. Obviously, again, players report today. And it's, I don't know, just the excitement in the air. Football's back. You know, summer is 
coming to an end. It's not over yet. Don't get me wrong, but we're now getting back into, in the full football swing of things. And we'll have you covered five days a week as, as we always do. It hasn't gone anywhere here on locked on Ravens. So let, let's talk defense now. And we got into, you know, offensively. Well, if you keep three quarterbacks, you might have to cut at a certain position defensive line. I just decided to keep, I'll call them the big five. Just amount of BK, Brochick, Washington, Michael Pierce, Travis Jones, Brent urban. I could, see a case where maybe they keep like an Angelo Blackson or Rashad Nichols or someone along those lines. But again, it's it's just such a tight roster crunch because Baltimore, I think has done a really good job at accumulating quality depth this year, solid quality depth this year. So I think they're fine with five defensive linemen, especially because depending on maybe who else they sign before the season starts, if they sign an outside linebacker, like a, like a Jadavian Clowney, for example, that can kick inside like Jason Pierre Paul could last year, Essentially, it acts like another defensive lineman, but I think I'm, I'm expecting big things from Matabike, from Washington, Travis Jones. I expect to have a much bigger role. It's, it's obviously about replacing Clayus Campbell, and it's going to have to be by committee, right? Not one player is going to go in there and replace Clayus Campbell both on and off the field, but they definitely have a lot of potential in that room. Now, outside linebacker. Outside linebacker is one that's really interesting. I have them keeping five. And we don't, you know, there's not a guy on the roster right now that would warrant keeping five right now. But I'm, I'm saying whoever it is, if it's Justin Houston, if it's Cal Van Noy, if it's Jadavian Clowney, Yannick Ngakwe, whoever it is, I expect the Ravens to sign an outside linebacker, another pass rusher before the season starts. Maybe it's the final week of the preseason and they get the, maybe it's Justin Houston in the final week of the preseason and that's what they do. But I just... I would be shocked if they went into the season with the four they have now and Adafi Owe, David Ajabo, Tyus Bowser, and Tavius Robinson. I just think it's too unproven of a room. Tyus Bowser is a great veteran. He's someone who is super productive and, and multiple. He's not just a pass rusher, right? He can drop back into coverage, super versatile, but he's not a go out there and get you 10, 12 sacks a season guy. Maybe, maybe he shocks the world and shocks me and does it this year. I hope he does, but I think I would feel a lot better and a lot of other people would feel a lot better if the Ravens brought in another veteran option. So I'm going to trust in that they will. They've been exploring the market, obviously, with Dewan Smoot and Kyle Van Noy. I think that they're going to do it. So my five, Adafi Owe, David Ajabo, Tyus Bowser, Tavius Robinson, and whether it's Justin Houston, Kyle Van Noy, et cetera, those are my five guys. Now, inside linebacker is what's really tough because I've had Josh Ross or Kristen Welch or one of these guys is the fifth guy, but I'm only keeping four this time around. Obviously, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Trenton Simpson, Malik Harrison. At the expense of losing an inside linebacker, I ended up keeping seven corners. I just feel like with the inexperience Baltimore has there, I feel comfortable enough in the Ravens' inside linebacker depth in the fact that they can probably sneak one or two of Josh Ross, Kristen Welch, Delshawn Phillips, some of those guys onto their practice squad and maybe call them up for the game days, where for corners – you know, you could maybe sneak a guy like maybe Trayvon Mullen. I don't think you could, though. I think Trayvon Mullen is actually sneaky good. I, he's someone who does is not getting a lot of a lot of talk right now about him, but I feel like he is sneaky good. So four inside linebackers, again, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Trent Simpson, Malik Harrison. My seven corners are Marlon Humphrey, Rock Yassin, Caillou Blue Kelly, Jalen Omer Davis, Pepe Williams, Trayvon Mullen, and Arthur Mollette, who, if, you know, you're saying who who's Arthur Millette? Apparently the Ravens, at least at the time of this recording here are close to signing him. And he's a guy who's played a lot in the slot for Pittsburgh over the last couple of seasons. And if we're being honest, if we're being completely honest, the reason that I have him on here 
It's because I think Baltimore wants a proven slot option on their roster. And I think if they do end up signing him and that's the official word and the official move, and maybe if you're watching this already has happened, I think they would keep him on the roster. Now, Pittsburgh fans are celebrating <laughs> that Arthur Millette is now apparently going to become a member of the Ravens. And that is eerily similar. I hate to bring this back up, but it is eerily similar to what happened when Alejandro Villanueva signed with the Ravens. Pittsburgh fans were cheering from the rooftops, throwing parties, saying, yes, we now get to play this guy twice a year. And oh, how happy they were when TJ Watt got to line up against Alejandro Villanueva. Apparently with Arthur Millette, what Pittsburgh fans are saying is that he's a good tackler, not good in coverage. So, you know, the people are saying, go, Kenny Pickett should target him every single time when, when Arthur Millette is lined up on the field. So hopefully it goes a bit better than the uh, Alejandro Villanueva experiment, which did not go well at all. But I think that they will keep Arthur Millette if they end up signing him and that becomes official at the expense of an Ardarius Washington. I would have personally signed a Bryce Callahan, even Chris Harris Jr. at this point, but seems like Millette will be their guy. Four safeties for me right now, Marcus Williams, Kyle Hamilton, Geno Stone, Brandon Stevens. I don't think too many surprises there. I mean, maybe you could classify Ardarius Washington as a safety. The Ravens actually still have Ardarius Washington as a safety on their roster. But to me, I think that the four safeties is enough. So I'm keeping four. And then three special teamers, Justin Tucker, Jordan Stout, and actually no Nick Moore. There is no, there's going to be no Nick Moore this season for the Ravens. Well, maybe he can make a reco- the fastest recovery of all time and get back on the field. But apparently Nick Moore, and we'll talk about this in the final segment, towards Achilles. And that is not going to be something that Ravens fans want to hear, but it is Jeff Zubik reporting that he tore his Achilles while training in preparation for the season. And so Tyler Ott is apparently going to be the guy that the Ravens signed 2020 Pro Bowl selection, a former Seattle Seahawk. So I have Justin Tucker, Jordan Stout, and Tyler Ott is the three special teamers. So really interesting roster for the Ravens. There are guys all up and down where you could argue that it's the same position, honestly, like Ardaris Washington versus Arthur Millette. Are you keeping five inside linebackers? Are the Ravens going to sign another pass rusher? Six defensive linemen. There are so many different areas where guys are going to get cut and you're going to be like, oh, well, would have been really nice if the Ravens could have kept this guy or kept that guy. But, you know, I think it's a, it's a much better problem to have this year where it felt like in some positions, at least more positions than I would have liked last year, the Ravens were kind of like maybe scrapping for guys and there were like a clear cut, like five or six players who were like, all right, these guys will make it. And the rest of the guys, obviously they're not, I think Baltimore's done a better job again, accumulating depth this season, which is going to lead to some of these harder decisions in terms of who you keep and who you don't, but that's the, those are the decisions you want to have. You, I always say, I would rather have 70 guys who you want to make the roster as a team, as opposed to 40, right? You don't want to have to, scramble at the end of the offseason to add guys because you don't feel confident enough in the back half of your roster. You want to have guys on the back half of your roster who you, who you feel comfortable in, and then the guys who don't make the team, you want to feel comfortable in them. So there's going to be a lot of conversation surrounding Baltimore in, in these training camp battles. I'm super excited to dive into those. We'll talk about those more tomorrow, so be sure to stay tuned for that episode. But we're not done with this one yet. Coming up in the final part of this episode of Locked on Ravens, we're talking about Marcus Peters, saying goodbyes to him. The latest update on Rashad Bateman, a little more in the long snapper situation, Arthur Millette. 
and much more coming up next year on Lockdown Ravens. We're back here, our final segment of Locked On Ravens here on Taco Tuesday. Kevin Allstriker still here with you. It's, it's exciting, super exciting as the Ravens are opening training camp tomorrow, as I have made very clear over the course of this episode. If you can't tell, I'm pretty excited. I hope you are excited too here. And again, we go live after every Ravens big signing. Obviously, you know, Arthur Millette, the, the Nick Moore news, not something I, I went live for, but the Ravens sign a pass rusher. We'll go live for that after every preseason game, every regular season game, we'll be going live for those. So be sure to turn notifications on, subscribe. It is free, both in audio form and in video form. Thank you to all the audio listeners out there. Thank you to all the video watchers out there as well. And we have so much content is we're going to continue to dive into Baltimore's situation right now because it was a very busy news Monday for the Ravens. <laughs> Let's start off with Marcus Peters. We've talked about Marcus Peters all offseason. I initially projected him back on a lesser deal for Baltimore. Seems like Marcus Peters wanted to come back, but the Ravens maybe not so inclined to do so. Peters visited with the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, earlier in the offseason. Nothing really came about it, but I'm sure the two parties kept in contact. And now we had another visit for Peters on Monday. And that one turned into a deal. Marcus Peters officially signing with the Las Vegas Raiders, a one-year deal, I believe, up to $5 million with $3 million guaranteed. So Rocky Asin got a one-year deal up to $6 million. So the Ravens paid a little more money out to Rocky Asin in this situation. So really, it, it felt like the Ravens just probably kind of wanted to cut ties here. It's, it's unfortunate. Peters is someone who I know is uh, an all-time favorite for a lot of people in Baltimore, even though his, his stint in Baltimore only lasted from the middle of 2019 to the end of 2022 here, you know, beloved in Baltimore circles. He, he's that guy who I, I always said, my friend told me this a, a long time ago. He's that guy who you love him when he's on your team and you hate him when he's not. I, I don't think a lot of people in Baltimore are going to hate him, but obviously we know the impact he had First game as a Raven coming over in 2019. That trade, first of all, Kenny Young in a fifth-round pick from Marcus Peters is insane value. I'm actually going to put that out there on Twitter when I'm done recording this. So I, I'm, I'm going to – I gave Eric DaCosta flowers here. That was an incredible deal. And goes in first game against Seattle. That, remember, that was the MVP game, right? R- Russell Wilson was in the MVP conversation, as was Lamar Jackson. Russell Wilson throws a pick six to Marcus Peters. And my favorite thing is, you know, he was asked about that play. He said, someone said, really felt like you knew what was going on there. And he said, yeah, I got burnt on that play earlier in the season when I was playing for the Rams. And he saw it again and he took the ball back to the house and essentially secured Lamar Jackson's MVP. Now, obviously, Lamar Jackson did a lot of that too. But Peters, turnover machine, you know, juice man and fruit punch deal between Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters was, was electric to watch. He's, he's going to be missed for sure. Now we can all admit that he was not good last year in 2022 coming off the torn ACL and 2021. That was super unfortunate. Him and Gus Edwards obviously go down back to back. And it's, it's really crazy to think, you know, you, you never really know something's over till it is the last good Marcus Peters we got for Baltimore was 2020. That was, it was a long time ago. We're in 2023. Now he missed all 2021 wasn't good in 2022. And now is not going to deal with the team in 2023. And I, I did some research with Marcus Peters gone, Marlon Humphrey is now the only cornerback on the Ravens roster that has been with the team since before the 2021 season. You have guys, the longest tenured Ravens corner-wise now are Daryl Worley and Kevon Seymour. Kevon Seymour is now actually the second longest tenured Ravens cornerback on the roster. If You, you know, it's kind of crazy to think about. Rock Cassian obviously is the second corner on the roster, but... He got signed this offseason. So it was it was really fun watching Marcus Peters in a Ravens uniform. Now, obviously, he gets to go and play for his uh, his hometown team. He was from Oakland. Obviously, Oakland Raiders. Now they're in Vegas. But 
you know, obviously friends with Marshawn Lynch, friends with Najee Harris. So I guess the little Oakland connection there, I obviously wish him all the best. And there are going to be a lot of, a lot of Marcus Peters memories of the Rams game when he got revenge, the 45 to six drubbing, obviously the Tennessee game, I think is what a lot of people are going to remember the wild card game where game ceiling interception on Ryan Tannehill. He runs with the Tennessee logo, much like the Titans did the Ravens earlier that season stomped on it, waved them goodbye and ushered them out of the playoffs that year. So Marcus Peters, I, I joke about Ravens legends. He, he's a, he's an honorary Ravens legend. Like he he's up there again, not, not to the level of some of the other guys who have been with the Ravens their entire careers, but Peters was again, really, really solid for Baltimore. So going to miss him, but it's a new era now with, with Rocky Essen, who I do think is a little bit of a, a better fit overall for the team at, at this point. But Let's talk Rashad Bateman now, as we, as we talked about. Rashad Bateman has been a pretty whirlwind, 48, 72 hours for him. Was placed on the did not report list on Friday. Ended up being taken off of that list on Sunday after Eric DaCosta in that Friday press release had said that, you know, he expected Bateman to show up, but now placed on the PUP list. So I don't know. <laughs> Who knows what's going on with Rashad Bateman? Probably not going to be out there for uh, the first day of training camp, which again, you, you, you don't want to sacrifice the health of a player to get reps in, right? You you want to be as cautious as you can until, well, you want to be as cautious as you can always, but the regular season calls for, I guess, a different set of injury management when you need, when you need guys. But to me, I'm, I'm always on the side of caution. Don't put those guys out there when there's a high risk for injury because it, it just bites you in the long run most of the time. So for me, I think for Bateman, you know, just, just like Dobbins, keep them out until they're ready. I would, I would not expect Bateman to play in the preseason. That's just me. So a lot of the Ravens starters, honestly, like a Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, JK, Gus Edwards, Odell, probably not going to play in the preseason. Mark Andrews, you know, a lot of those veterans as well in the defense, probably not going to play in the preseason, but hopefully Rashad Bateman, JK Dobbins able to get back before week one. Arthur Millette, we'll talk about him a little bit more. Again, slot guy. The rate we've always talked about to go back to Peters when the Ravens signed Yassine and we were talking about, oh, well, it seems like the Ravens are probably going to sign Rock Yassine or debating between the two. Would it have made sense for the Ravens to sign both? And I had said, sure, you know, it could, but the Ravens do need a slot guy because Kyle Hamilton is going to play more traditional safety this year. And we're not really going to see a a lot of him. Well, maybe we will. I don't think he's going to exclusively play safety, but we're not going to see as much of him in the big nickel role, the big slot role that we saw from him in 2022. So, Marcus Peters is not a slot guy. Brock Yassine is not a slot guy. So if the Ravens do end up signing Arthur Millette, which again, looks pretty likely at the time of this recording, he can play in the slot. He's the most proven option there for sure. But I would have probably had, or rather had a Bryce Callahan or maybe even Chris Harris Jr. At this point, then, then the long snapper situation is super unfortunate for Nick Moore. Obviously, you know, training, getting ready for the season ends up tearing the Achilles I would not expect him back this year. I think the Ravens are just going to roll with Tyler Ott, who they're reportedly going to sign here. And, you know, people are wondering, like, why are they working out long snappers? The news then broke on Monday night. The Ravens are going to go with the 2020 Pro Bowl select Pro Bowler. So we'll just get an acclimated long snapper, you know, do it. They do have to get acclimated to, you know, specific things within the special teams, the play calls, but it's, it's not as big of nearly as big of a transition as it is for a quarterback or a running back or, you know, learning these different things from an offense or a defense. I'm I'm not trying to, you know, speak down on special teams. It's a a huge, important part of football and, you know, can't win without it as we now know, we know know with Justin Tucker and the way the Ravens value it. But I do, I would expect somewhat of a smooth transition, but you know, long snappers, 
the Ravens have gotten very lucky with those with, you know, guys like Nakatula and now Morgan Cox was there for so many years and Nick Moore, a pro bowler. Now Tyler, I'd ask to be the guy to carry the torch next there for the Ravens training camp coming up again. It's, a, it's an exciting time. Be sure to keep it locked on here on locked on Ravens as we will give you the best daily Ravens content here five days a week, Monday through Friday. Be sure to subscribe, follow along, tell a friend or a family member. I appreciate all the support here, but that's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. Coming up tomorrow, more Ravens content on the official first day of 2023 training camp. So be sure to stay tuned for that. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked on Ravens.